making money is great. Having a big house is great. Having a nice car, that's all fine. But it is in the realm of possibility. God might call you to use what you got in a place that doesn't make you the most amount of money, that doesn't have the nicest social amenities or the nicest standard of living. But how will we know this if we don't open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and to how he wants to move in our life? Hey, y'all, this is Father Victor. Welcome back to Native Soil. This is episode three, numero tres, and we are excited to have you back. My name's Father Victor Ingalls. I'm a priest here in the Archdiocese of Mobile, serving in my fourth year as vocations director. Over the past couple episodes, we've been developing this idea of native soil, this idea of God coming to renew our native soil here in the southern half of Alabama, here in the Archdiocese of Mobile. I want to share with you two personal stories that can help us develop this theme a little bit more today. Now, this might seem strange, but two of the speeches, messages, talks that I remember most clearly, most vividly throughout my entire life occurred during my two sisters' high school graduations. (laughs) I know it already seems like an insane thought. That's when you're supposed to be taking a nap, checking your Instagram, whatever. But for whatever reason, at my two sisters' high school graduations, what was delivered by the guest speaker hit me with the force of the Holy Spirit and has always stayed with me. So I'll start with my older sister, Courtney. She graduated in the year 2000, two years ahead of me. And the guy who was invited to speak was a guy named Bob Ingram up in Montgomery, Alabama. He was a local TV personality. And I always remember that for his address to the graduating class, he basically just told this story. And the story goes like this. There's this guy named Johnny who's a great football player, and he's your All-American kind of guy, great grades, good-looking guy, really good at playing quarterback, gets you know a deal to play in college. So he goes to college, and throughout his college career, he's very conscientious about the classes that he takes. He doesn't just take the easy courses, uh, but he's, he's taking classes that he's engaged with and doing his best to make grades. His teammates would always try to get him to take some easy courses with him uh, that they, you know, they always students are good about scoping out, you know, what's kind of the easy A. But Johnny was never on board for just taking the easy way out. Well, it kind of be his senior year. It's football season. All of us are like, Johnny, you've been so good studying and being, just take one easy class with us. Come on, man. This is why we have our football team notes here. You know, like, let, let's take an easy class. So he hemmed and hauled, but he decided to take this one class, and the class was Introduction to New Testament Literature. And the reason why people love to take this class, Introduction to New Testament Literature, is because it had been taught by the same guy for 25 years, and in those 25 years, he had never taken attendance, he never had tests, he never had quizzes, he just had one final exam that always had the exact same question. Describe in detail... Paul's missionary journeys as described throughout the New Testament. Describe in detail Paul's missionary journeys as described through the New Testament. So they sold Johnny on this. He takes the class and uh, he is a little nervous at first, but he goes there. They never check roll. There's never quizzes. There's never test. 
They just advertised there's going to be one final essay exam. And so Johnny gets busy studying St. Paul's missionary journeys throughout the New Testament. He reads the New Testament. He reads his letters. He gets a big map of, uh, you know, biblical lands and, and plots where all Paul's gone. He, he can do it frontwards, backwards. When the day of the test comes, he is ready for this. So they finally do make it to the day of the test. And Johnny walks in, the football players walk in, all the students walk in. And they're all high-fiving, chest-bumping, because they know they're about to get an A on this, on this exam. And then they start passing out the, uh, the test. And as the tests are being passed out, you can hear an audible groan start to emanate from the classroom. And what Johnny realized as he got his test was that it wasn't the same question. 25 years, this guy decides to do a new question. So the new question was uh, something that they weren't prepared for. So anyways, everyone does their best. They start writing. And about five minutes in, most people just give up because they're like, I'm not ready for this. So they get out of there. But Johnny is writing and he is writing and he is writing. And he's there until the very last minute that they're allowed to be in there. And all his football players are waiting outside for him, wondering what in the world is this guy writing? He doesn't know, you know, the answer to this. And so they got out there, and uh, they're they're badgering him like, "What did you write? What were you doing in there?" He goes, "I just I just I just put down what I knew. I you know what whatever." So they come back a couple of days later, and all the grades are posted, and everyone's looking to see what they got: F, F, D minus, F, C, and then they get down to Johnny's name. They're at the bottom, A plus, and they're like, "What in the world did you do?" How did you pull this off, man? And he wouldn't tell him, wouldn't tell him. And finally, they push him up against the wall and threaten his life, and he, and, he, and he confessed what he had done. Well, the new question was, describe and critique Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as recounted in the Gospel of Matthew. Describe and critique Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as related in the Gospel of Matthew. And so Johnny just handed him his uh, essay that he had written, and this is how Johnny started. He said, how could anybody possibly critique the greatest sermon delivered by the greatest preacher who has ever walked on God's green earth? But while I'm at it, let me share with you a little bit about St. Paul's missionary journeys as described throughout the New Testament. (laughs) And he wrote everything that he knew about that subject. And the teacher appreciated it and gave him an A+. Moral of the story that Bob Ingram said, use what you got. You can spend so much of your life bitter, resentful, frustrated for what you don't got. You can blame God. You can blame your parents. You can blame your neighborhood. You can blame the church. You can blame so many people for the things that you don't got. Or you can look at what you do got and make a decision to use it to the best of your ability. And so the simple message that he gave at that graduation was use what you got. Something about that message resonated with me, and I take it with me to this day. Second graduation story. My little sister, Charlotte, graduated 2006, four years after me. 
And I don't remember the guy's name, but he was some kind of kind of nerdy guy. He'd made a lot of money developing some kind of fertilizer here in Alabama. But he got up there and started talking, and he asked, uh, he said, who who out there is going to the University of Alabama next year? Different people stood up. People were like, roll tide, let's go. And then he goes, who's going to Auburn? People were standing by, oh, where are you? Uh, who's going to Troy? Who's going to South Alabama? Who's going to UAB? Kind of had everyone stand up. Then he said, who's going out of state? And he had those people stand up. And one by one, he asked them, well, where are you going? And people, you know, I'm going to South Carolina. I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to Brown. I'm going to Yale. I'm going to wherever. And uh, he said, okay, great. He said, everyone sit down. And he goes, here's my message to the graduating class of 2006. He said, I challenge you all to go out and get the best education you could possibly get. Travel the world. Become as cultured, as smart, as well-rounded as you could possibly be. And then at some point, I urge you to consider one day coming back home. Come back to Montgomery. Come back to Alabama and help to build up a place that is last or next to last in virtually every discernible category of human life. Obesity, poverty, crime, you name it, we've got it going on here in Alabama. Uh, you know, if we're not last on a certain category, we can all collectively say, thank God for Mississippi. Amen? I mean, we're always down there at the bottom, but sometimes they keep us from being dead last. And as kind of funny as it is, and even when he said it, it did resonate with me and challenged me to consider not just to use what I've got, but to really think about and pray about where is God calling me to use what I've got. This really goes back, you know, I talked in a previous episode about that definition of vocation that uh, that theologian Fregnick Buchner gives us, where your greatest passion and the world's greatest need intersect. One of the biggest obstacles I find with young people really opening themselves up fully to the idea of God's calling, fully to the idea of renewal, is kind of their preconceived ideas of success, of what a successful future looks like. And they have their ideas of kind of the cookie cutter life that's kind of you know out there, um, kind of marketed to us. But, um, you know, God, where God's calling you, making money is great. Having a big house is great. Having a nice car, that's all fine. But it is in the realm of possibility. God might call you to use what you got in a place that doesn't make you the most amount of money. He might call you to use what you've got in a certain place that doesn't have the nicest social amenities or the nicest standard of living. He might call you to use what you've got in a certain place that's not your favorite place. That's not your even on your top 10. But how will we know this if we don't open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and to how he wants to move in our life? St. Francis de Sales famously said, bloom where you're planted. Wherever you are, if you're from a place, if you are have moved to a place recently, if you're passing through a place, bloom where you're planted. There's a common quote, you know, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Be where you are. Don't be afraid to allow yourself to be rooted in the soil that your feet are standing on, in our native soil. And so here we are through this 
native soil, you know, ministry, trying to reflect more deeply, how is God calling each of us to use what we've got in the place where he has called us to be? And to not be afraid to really look at the needs of our neighbor spiritually, physically, uh, as we decipher all this. We reach out to our Blessed Mother to help us with this. Uh, We can invoke her under the title of Our Lady of Alabama. Uh, I know the sisters in Marbury, uh, outside of Prattville, have an image that they've painted of Our Lady of Alabama. But uh, she's here with us. We want to ask her to figure out how exactly we are supposed to make the life of her son more rooted in our native soil. Let's pray for that today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Through her intercession, may Almighty God bless you and bless our native soil. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless y'all, and look forward to seeing you next time. Mm -hmm.